welcome to our podcast. I'm Lois. I'm Jada. I'm Bree. And I'm Lydia. Today we are talking about walking the line of sin. So it makes sense for us to stay as far away from the line of sin as possible, mm-hmm. right? But is that what we do? Or do we crawl, crawl, crawl? Do we encroach on the line as close as we can? As Christians, you would think we don't want to be getting as close as we can to sin because in and of itself, that could be a sin. Mm -hmm. I think there's an illustration that I've heard growing up. It's this little boy was walking in the pasture. I don't know if he was little. This boy was walking in the pasture (laughs) and Satan owned one side and God owned the other. And he sat on the fence to find out that the devil owns the fence. So is walking the line a sin? I think another thing is, can a Christian walk that line? Can a Christian walk in sin? First John 1 6 says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So the truth is, if you're walking the line of sin, you are walking in sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also that next verse after first John 1 and verse 6 and verse 7, uh, it also says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. So there are only two paths. There's the path of walking in the light and then there's the path of darkness, but there's no half and half road. You can't have one foot in the world, one foot in Christ. You have to choose one or the other. So we either choose God or we're choosing sin. And I think sometimes people think you can straddle the fence, like kind of to your point, Lois, it's like the boy was, you know, trying to figure out, okay, like, oh, only to sit on the fence, only to find out that Satan owns the fence. And I think there's a lot of times that we as Christians can try to straddle the fence to say like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in sin, but I'm also, I'm not really living the way that I should. So I'm just going to sit here and be complacent. Um, But in Matthew six and verse 24, Jesus tells us that we cannot serve two masters. So God doesn't share the throne. He doesn't share the throne of our hearts. So either we've chosen Satan, the prince of this world, to be the one who sits on the throne of our heart, or we've chosen God. But it has to be one or the other. We can't share that. There's no half and half. Mm -hmm. And I think here's the truth that Satan isn't dumb. Like he walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's actively searching for ways that he can get us and cause us to leave Christ. So he's going to do everything that he can to knock us down, knock us out, help us to stumble and leave Christ. And the truth is that the closer that we are to God, the harder it is for us, the harder it's going to be for us to leave him. So the more that we're spending time in his word, the more that we're surrounding ourselves with Christians, then it's going to be really hard for us to wander away because that's where we're spending the majority of our time. And flip the coin, the closer we are to Satan, the easier it is go- It is going to be for us to go to Satan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's it's all about who am I who am I giving my heart to and where am I spending that time? Dangerous game. Yeah. I think of I think of Joseph like Joseph as well whenever Potiphar's wife was trying to get him to lie with her and he didn't just sit there and say, "Well, let me think about this for a minute. What are the consequences going to be? You know, how close mm-hmm. can I get to sin without actually sinning?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joseph's heart fully belonged to God and in that moment he ran. Yeah. Like he wasn't going to sit and say, okay, well, we'll just see how close I can get without actually doing it. I'll just go and hang out with her. Yeah. I'm just going to go put myself <laughs> in that situation. Like if we do that, if it's like, well, it's kind of like, um, Lois, I know you mentioned a couple of episodes ago, you know, if we're going to go to a party and say, I'm not going to drink. Okay. But you're going to put yourself in that situation yeah. to be there. No uh-huh. run. 
Like that's where yeah. we should be. We're told over and over again in scripture to flee from sin. Yes. Jade and I were actually talking about this yesterday, mm-hmm. last night, maybe, I think, but we looked up the definition. So the definition of flee is to run away from a place or situation of danger. Run away. Yeah. Run away. So I think walk away. No. Or yeah. <laughs> run, run, <laughs> run away. Yeah. And I think when we see danger, we usually do try to stay away from it, yeah. but yet we don't see sin as danger. That's not mm-hmm. how we view sin Oop, or yeah. the line of sin. Yeah. We just, we keep, we keep getting closer and closer. And I think, so first Corinthians six, I just wrote down a couple verses. Six, first Corinthians six eighteen says flee from sexual immorality. First Corinthians 10, 14 says flee from idolatry, which again, we were talking about this this morning. Idolatry comes in a lot of forms, Yeah, it does. a lot of forms. Mm-hmm. This is not just like we picture maybe a God or something in an, in an idol, like a statue. Idolatry is in every form of our lives. We can be yeah. idolizing anything as Christians, Anyone. anything that is taking up our time. Yep. That can be an idol in our lives. Mm-hmm. Flee from idolatry. Flee. Second yeah. Timothy 2, 22, flee from youthful passions. First Timothy 6, 11. I like this one. The, the next two I read, I believe, are not only flee, but what should we go after? So mm-hmm. flee, but oh, but you, oh man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. As I flee from the line of sin, I move in the direction of holiness. If I encroach on the line of sin, I hover ever so closely to sin. And more often than not, sin will draw me in. So run away as fast as we can from (laughs) sin, but run as fast as we can towards righteousness, Righteousness. godliness, faith, love, patience. Yeah, I love how it tells us what we should be pursuing instead. But rather, I like it because it gives us direction of, okay, don't do this, don't do this. I think a a lot of people view the Bible of thou shalt Mm -hmm. not. But it's not just saying, okay, don't do this, but like, you know, just figure things out. No, it's giving us a plan of, okay, I don't want you to do this, but rather be purposeful, do all these mm-hmm. things, seek actively seek these things in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we don't have a destination, then it's just going to be this active cycle yeah. that keeps leading us to mm-hmm. sin ultimately. Yeah. And I think too, going back to the fence idea, Satan stopped, like he's a lion and he's walking back and forth. Like he is on guard of that fence because he knows that he owns it and he's stalking to see, okay, who can I get? Who can I get? And I don't know about you guys, but I have never wanted to come close to a lion. Yeah. Like (laughs) there's a reason you're going to go. You're not going to walk away. (laughs) They're in a cage. Like they're, they're in a cage because they are predators Mm -hmm. seeking prey. Right. So I don't want to be close to a lion. And if Satan's a lion and he's roaring, walking around, seeking people to devour, then I don't even want to be close to his presence. Like, I want to make sure I'm as far away from that as possible. And that, and we need to make sure that's how we're viewing every single sin Yeah, yeah. is Satan. Yeah. Well, and in James, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we know we can do those things. And I think that to Lois's point comes from pursuing those righteous things. Because if we're doing that, then it's Satan's like, oh, yeah, it's gonna, he's going to have to try even harder. So First Thessalonians 5.22 says, abstain from every point or every form of evil. So I just Googled the definition of abstain just to be very precise. And it says to choose not to do or have something, to refrain deliberately and often with an effort of self-denial from an action or practice. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Abstain from every form of evil. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And that goes back to a few episodes ago. I am mine no more. That's self-denial. Yeah. Yeah. And then Romans 13, 12 through 14 says, The day is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So that means if there's our fence that we can see, that means if I can see that fence, I'm not going to creep up and get as Mm -hmm. close as possible. That means I'm going to run the other way if I see that fence, because walking close to sin just feeds our desire even more for Mm -hmm. that sin. Yep. And if you've put on the armor of light, you're not on that fence. No. You're not on that fence. I think also of the famous verse of, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, is that what walking the line of sin would look like? Would we be meditating on these things and living a life in these things? Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we know our flesh is weak, yet we still choose to play with fire. Yeah. If you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Yes. And back to meditating on these things. That means it's not, I'm not going to meditate on walking close to that line like, I'm thinking about these things that I can do that's getting close to that line, but it's not a sin and thinking about that all the time. That's not meditating on those things. That's yeah. that's meditating on sin. Yeah. And when you're meditating on the right things and your mind is on those things that are above, then you're not even going to be close to that fence. Like you're going to yeah. be f- so far away from it that you're like, I'm not getting close to that because I know mm-hmm. I've been meditating on those things that are true and what God has told me. And I know where that fence leads and that's not even somewhere I want to be. Yeah. And back to the the lion being um, the Satan being compared to a lion. If you get close to a lion, you're going like to get eaten. Like yeah. you're, yeah. you're not going to even be able to like do anything once he sees you. It's so it's like you. when you're getting close to that fence and when you are kind of walking close to the lion, walking with the lion, you're going to be devoured by yeah. sin. Yeah. He does a really good job whispering in your ear too. Mm-hmm. like, it's OK, you're fine. Right. It's not really that bad. You yeah. shall not surely die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you shall not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He just changed one little word and said, God said, you will surely die. And the devil said, you will not surely mm-hmm. die. Yeah. And by that one thing, he caused Eve to doubt. Mm-hmm. And she took a bite of the fruit and the rest is history. And so I think it's it's so easy for us to believe the lies that Satan can plant in yeah. just the little things of like, if you hang around those people, you're going to be fine. Like you, you're stronger than that. You, you know, you're stronger mm-hmm. than that. And one after another, after another, I mean, it goes back to Psalm one, which I feel like we've referenced so much, but first we're walking, then we're sitting or then we're standing, then we're sitting. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a progression. Don't even walk the don't steps even, of sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. Don't even walk. Don't put yourself in that situation. And that's an example of walking the line of sin, putting yourself in a compromising situation. Yeah. 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 So let's go over some examples. So what are some examples y'all think of besides we just, the one we just said, compromising situations? Yeah, but what, what but, are some compromising situations that we've put ourselves in that could be considered walking the line of sin? So we've talked about, I think, I don't know which episode it was, 
But don't even put yourself in that situation with a boyfriend or with a guy yeah. to sin because that is such a big an issue. I feel like so many people, if they think, oh, well, we're not having sex, so it's okay. Or maybe we're even having sex, but I'm going to marry him, so it's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. That is not how God intended for it to be at all. Yeah. That's how man intends for it to be, mm-hmm. but not God. I think on that note, too, I was reading this book and I've reread it like seven or eight times. It's one of my favorites. But they brought up a really good point about the purity battle. And I think for a long time, I always viewed, you know, like if you're in a relationship with someone, don't have sex like that. That's the line. That's where the line is drawn. Mm -hmm. But in reading this book, um, this couple was talking about how some of the, the the trials that they faced in their relationship was seeing how close can we get to that line without it actually being sin. And they were just saying like, there's so many things that we did that we should never have done. And we never, we never had sex together, but we did all these other things that never were even aiming towards purity Mm -hmm. of thought or mind or any of those things, nothing that even pleased God in any sort of sense. And I think that's a good reminder for us of, you know, If here's the line and, you know, don't have sex before you get married or even even after marriage, that is still adultery is still something that we have to like fornication is always going to be something that we're going to have to be aware of. Um, But at the same time, there are so many things that you can do that you are walking that line of sin and Satan owns the fence and doing all of those things. None of that is going to help you get closer to God. If anything, it's saying, okay, here's the line. I'm just going to put my toe right here. I'm not really stepping on it. You know, in football, if your foot is on the line, you're out. Like even if it's like the slightest bit, if there's no green between you and the line, you're out. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good illustration. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I think for the people who are listening, who maybe are in this situation Mm -hmm. or they've already had sex or they're in this situation with their boyfriends or something like that. Don't think we're shaming you. This is something that you can come back from. We, we love you and we want you in heaven. And this is a serious issue that so many of us struggle with too. Mm -hmm. So don't think that we're judging you or looking down on you Mm -hmm. or anything like that. This is all out of love. And And purity can be something. And I think that's what I love so much was purity is more than a sexual purity. Purity is purity of the heart and of the mind. And that is something, if that is something that you have found yourself being faced with or something that you have fallen prey to, you can come back and have that purity of heart and mind because of Jesus and his blood and him being the one that cleanses us from that. And so I think that it's important to remember that you're never too far gone. Jesus died for you. He loves you. He loves all of us. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like, if you are walking that line of sin, you find yourself in that place, run, like get far away flee, from it. And flee. you can, you can attain that forgiveness for that too. Yeah. I think important for any sin, not just the sin, but figure out what's causing you to do it. Like what situations yeah. you're putting yourself in and replace those situations. So maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, your phone in your bedroom at night. Okay. Well maybe let's stay out yeah. of our rooms at night where we're around people or something like that. And then, put our phones away or something like that. If that's the cause, uh, being alone with your boyfriend, find public situations where y'all can hang out, places y'all can go people. You can put yourself around. Um, if you have a sin with, or a a struggle with drinking, don't put yourself around alcohol. (laughs) Like I know that's something that some people do struggle with because of the people they are hanging out with. But again, look at who you're hanging out with. Let's see evil company corrupts good morals. And if that's a sin, yes, it is so hard to cut off those friends and those relationships. But if it's causing you to sin, 
it is more important to cut it off and to mm-hmm. change your life yeah. than for you, like Jesus says, to pluck out your own eye if it's causing yeah. you to sin. And that's another way that we walk the line of sin is spending time with people that we want to influence, but maybe they're influencing us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and I think um, Lewis brought up that verse, you know, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good, good morals. morals. Mm-hmm. And that first part of that verse says, do not be deceived. Yeah. Satan's going to do the best that he can to help you to try to get you to think, hey, these people, they're not really going to, they're not going to do anything. Like you've, you've grown up, you know, these things are what's true. You're not going to, you're not going to deviate from that. But um, Paul says, don't be deceived. Don't fall for Satan's lies. Like he is someone who's going to try to get you. You're going to be tempted at some point to hang around people you shouldn't hang around with. And that's just part of life, I think. Um, But if they are spiritually dangerous, it's better to have no friends than to have friends like that. And those are people that are walking that line of sin who are going to do all that they can to have you walk with them because they don't want to be walking alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I think another way we can walk up the line of sin is by euphemisms. Did I say that right? Yeah. That Mm -hmm. sounded so weird. Anyway, (laughs) saying like OMG or... Mm -hmm anything in that place or just different. There's so many words that we have created that we say, oh, well, they're not the actual bad word. Yeah. They they mean the same thing. They yeah. mean the same thing. It is such a dangerous game too when people say so many things to take the Lord's name in vain. Oh, don't get me started on that one. It's it's just, it makes me sick it when makes people me take sick the Lord's too. name in vain. And I can't imagine how God feels. His creation is literally mocking him. And even if you don't have the intention with what you're saying of mocking God, why are you taking his name so lightly? Yeah. Yeah. Why? How can you? You're breaking a direct commandment. Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone say one time, and I love this, and I did it a couple of weeks ago at work. And the reaction I got was, it was really funny, but um, someone took took God's name in vain and they were just like, he is so good, isn't he? And um, like someone else commented that whenever they said it and they just kind of were taken aback by it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, they just hadn't even stopped to think. That's a good response to that. So I did it like two or three weeks ago at work. um, Someone used Jesus's name in vain and I was like, he is so good, isn't he? Like his love for us is so great. And they were just like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even realize, you know, and I was like, I just don't even think people stop to think, oh, is what I'm am I even thinking about what I'm saying? Your words matter. And I think our words get us into walking the line of sin a lot. Like we might be trying to express our emotions to someone about a situation that might have upset us. And that can so easily Mm -hmm. turn into gossip. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think about this is something that has always bothered me. But when people, the things they watch and they're like, well, I won't say that and I won't do that, but then this doesn't affect me. So I'm just going to watch this movie that has a ton of bad scenes or Mm -hmm. a ton of bad language. And it's like, well, those things are going to rub. Like, it's like, how far can I, again, get to the line before? Because I'm not going to do them, but it's okay if I fill my line. Or books or movies. I mean, th- it's everywhere. And it's like, if that's where you're spending the majority of, if you're watching a TV show and there's 10 seasons and it's full of all this filthiness yeah, um, and things that Satan loves, then you might say, oh, I, I'm not, they're just things I'm hearing or seeing, but I'm not actually going to do them. I know better than that. Mm-hmm. But they are rubbing off on you because what you put in your heart is what's going to come yeah. out eventually. And um, it's really walking that line of sin and saying, all right, I'm just going to straddle this fence. Mm-hmm. and see how close I can get to it. But 
going back to what Lois said earlier, I mean, Satan owns the fence. Yeah, and, yeah. and if we look at sin as Satan being mm-hmm. a lion, that sin's going to scare us and it's going to shock us. And I always want sin to shock me and scare me. I don't want to get used to bad language. I want it to shock me. Yeah. Like it's a lion. It be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Jada and I went out to suffer last night. It was such an odd experience. Yeah. But the table behind us were these four guys. We're not really sure how old they were, either in high school, college. I don't know. But they were filthy. Like, it was just so... We were sitting there. We both were like... We couldn't believe what we were hearing. Like, at some point, I just looked at her and she looked at me. And we were both just like... Uh, what? Um. Yeah. And it's just... That's... To us, it was so... Oh, we were like, so why would you, why that? would you talk like that? It was yeah. shocking. But and like, I, don't... I know Christians who hang out with people like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, I don't understand how you can put yourself around that and, and not grow numb to it and not grow numb to it yeah. because we like, it was hard. I'm not bragging on us, obviously, but it was hard for us to sit there. Like our meal was unenjoyable because yeah. of this, because it's, it's just, just nonstop. They're just joking in sin. Like everything mm-hmm. that they're saying is just like, they're mocking everything God stands for mm-hmm. and it's just oh it was, it was hard to sit there it was. My, but, but, sorry sorry no, you go ahead <laughs> my mom when we're in those situations like when I when I was little I remember like when people would be using just horrible language just like out like so loud and knowing there were kids at the table I mean obviously you're in pub like you just shouldn't do that in general but like all there's kids at the table. Mm-hmm. She would just like get up and say something you about go, it. Mom. And I, when I was little, I was like, that's so embarrassing. But I love her for that. Like yeah. she always stands up for us when, especially when it's things like that, because she knows that whatever is put in our minds is going to be in our hearts and it's yeah. what we're going to pursue. Yeah. I remember I'm trying to think of how old I was. I was probably, let's see, I'm 20 now. So it was probably like, in between five and eight years ago, I was at a soccer game. It was a college soccer game. And I was with a group of people that like Christians, people I know well. And one of the people I was with, his friend was sitting with us. And I mean, like every other word out of his mouth was a cuss word, which for one, that just looks trashy. Like, Mm -hmm. but for two, I was also young, which I also know that like people that age are not really sheltered. I was homeschooled. So (laughs) people that age are not really sheltered like I was. But at the same time, who talks like that in front of a kid? Yeah. And so I remember I was sitting there just thinking, why are these, the people I was with, they were older. It's just like, why are they not standing up for the truth here? Why are they like, his friend is just letting him talk like this. And why is he comfortable talking like this around yeah. these people for one or for two or however many points I'm at. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I finally, I sat there and I just said, can you please stop cussing? <laughs> and I was like, he was so taken back. Like literally saying about that. He literally was just like, Oh, sorry. And the people I were with were just like, Lois. And I was like, I I remember being a kid. I was so upset. I went home and sobbed. And I was so sad because I was just like, how can they sit there and like accept this? And like, they're older than me. They should be setting the example for me and like all this stuff. And I was just so sad. But looking back, I'm like, go Lois. I wish that I was as bold as as young Lois was. Because like, would I do that now? I hope so. I hope yeah. so. But young Lois was very bold. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's a good reminder of like, are we being that bold? Uh, we might lose friends. Yeah. We might lose family members. We might lose people that are close to us by standing up for what we know is right. Mm-hmm. Because if people are walking the line of sin, they're comfortable with it and they don't want to do it alone. I don't know if you guys have ever since working and stuff, I've think I've been faced with more 
just just more situations of opportunities for sin and people saying like, oh, well, it's not that bad. Do this. Come, you know, a drink's not going to hurt you. Um, and for me, it's like, I'm. why am I going to put myself in that situation to even be in that place in that mm-hmm. time to be faced with those temptations? Because that's not, I don't want to see how close can I get there. I want to see how far away I can get from it. Yeah. And in a, throughout my life, I've lost a lot of friends that way. Um, but at the, in the end, it's like, you know what? God has always provided me with good friends, just like you guys, like to know that I'm not walking this Christian journey alone. I have people in my life who are going to help me stay as far away from that line as possible. And it's easier to know when you're not, to know you're not having to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I think of biblical examples of walking the line of sin, Ananias and Sapphira come to mind. Um, in Acts 5, I'll read some of the verses. 1 through 11 says, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard those things. And I think we could argue that when Ananias kept some of the proceeds for himself, that he was just walking the line of sin. But walking on the line led him to walking on sin, and it cost him his life. And not only that, it influenced his wife, and it made her walk on sin, too. So I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from that. When we're walking the line of sin, we're influencing those around us. Some might not really know where that line is, and they can see me doing it, and they think, well, Jay is doing that, so it must be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think the good lesson there too is Ananias and Sapphira selling part of it wasn't what was wrong. Yeah, what was wrong yeah. was the fact that they lied about it and said that yeah. that was all of it. Mm-hmm. And Ananias did it first and then he lied, he died. And then Sapphira came in and she did the same exact thing and not even standing up for what she knew was right. So it was it was definitely premeditated and yeah. they knew what they were going to do before they even walked in. I think ultimately the question is, why can't we choose God fully? Because I see in Revelation 3.16, and here it's talking about being lukewarm, but isn't that what we're doing when we're trying to walk the line of sin? We're not hot, we're not cold. And it says, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. This disgusts God. Mm -hmm. And we try to walk so close to it, but it's he vomits us out of his mouth. Yeah. I mean, lukewarm coffee is no good. I don't want it. (laughs) It's not, it's not hot. It's not cold. It's just, 
it just is. And if yeah. that's what we're, that's the way that we're living our lives, then it's not pleasing to God because mm-hmm. we're trying to have one foot in the world, one foot in Christ and it doesn't work like and that. And we think yeah. it's not that big of a deal, but I can't imagine God telling me, you make me sick. Yeah. 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 So I think James 1, 14 through 15 is a good place to end this, to really see sin for what sin is. So it says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Rather than seeing sin, the sin line as desirable, we sh- we're better off seeing the sin line as what it is, death. Yeah. Death. Yeah. We'd be far less enticed for to linger near it when we saw that it really is death. Yeah. I think sin sin's not something to play around with. Sin is deadly. It's poison. And when we try to play around with it, we're going to get burned. Yeah. And trying to see how close we can get is just, just not going to do it. We have to hate sin as much as God hates it. And that means running as far away from it as possible and reading his word and knowing that this is how God views sin and this is how I should view sin. As his child, I need to hate it as much as he hates it. We have mm-hmm. a heaven to gain and a hell to lose. Yep. Yeah. And we should live every aspect of our life like that. Yeah, I love Everything. That. And I think Rob Whitaker taught a high school class when I was younger. And he we went through the book of Ecclesiastes, which was like, if you, if I wish he would do a seminar just on Ecclesiastes, because it was mm-hmm. so good. I remember sitting there just like, oh, my stars, I never want this to end. It was so good. But one of the sayings that he said throughout it is payday is someday. And he just kept saying that payday is someday. Oh, I love, that. Yeah, I love that. If we really did see all of our sins, because in the moment it's enticing, it's you don't mm-hmm. see it, but payday is someday. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, that's mm-hmm. deep. Yeah. We have to like, acknowledge that. the sin in our life and realize that when we do sin, we hurt the heart of God. Mm -hmm. And I think having that attitude towards it of, when I am trying to come as close as I can to get there, that hurts God to know that that's where our heart is because our heart's not fully with Him. And I love love Bree's point of, we have to be fully in love with Him and stay as far away from it as possible Mm because being lukewarm isn't an option. No, no, and so many people live like it is. Yeah. Ah, this is a good one (laughs) well thank you for listening to us today we hope that we have had some good points i know it's been a tough one for us to go through all of these and to discuss but we love you all and that's why we're going through these difficult topics and we would love to study the bible with you so please message us um look up our website sisterspodcast.com and message us let's talk bye 